0: What masculinity can do to improve is that more male leaders learning how to be more receptive. Now, that doesn't mean that your penetrative power goes away. It just means that you learn how to listen more deeply, how to hear more completely. And and there isn't a place of, I need to assert my will and strength so I get the pat on my back that I never got from dad.
1: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Heal Thyself. Very excited for today, man. Uh, Look, I had an amazing guest. I said it last week, you know I said it the week before. I always say it, but I really love my guests. And this one, I love in particular. This year, so much of the talk that you're gonna be hearing is gonna come from the aspect of femininity and masculinity. What is the polarity and what is your balance, right? It's very difficult to be fully healthy, fully embodied as yourself if you're imbalanced in the seesaw that is your healthy masculine, your healthy feminine. Well, guess what? I got one of the world leaders in masculinity coming to the show right now. His name's Aaron Kleinerman, and he's out in Bali. But the work that he does across the world, you know, going from country to country, holding these Spaces with men to be able to heal deep, 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 deep wounds, right? That surpasses the therapeutic conversations, that surpasses the even the conversations with your partner. It is the tribal group male healing. Now, look, if you're a guy and you're listening to this episode, it's gonna change your life. Now, if you have a man in your life that you care about or that you love or you're in a partnership, I want both of you to listen to this episode because what Aaron talks about is going to be essential for the primer that allows a relationship to fully flourish. I find most relationships don't last, most marriages don't last, simply because people aren't looking at the mirror that's being shown to them. And a lot of the time, the mirror is showing them the part of their masculine that they need to heal and the part of the feminine that they need to heal. And guess what? Here's where we're starting, 2023. Also, Knowledge Bomb, If you got hair, I want you to listen to this episode because a lot of us wanna keep our hair, for sure. A lot of us don't wanna lose our hair. A lot of us are losing our hair. I'm gonna talk about the best things you need to be doing to keep your hair and if you're experiencing hair loss, what is the best, natural, holistic, naturopathic approaches for hair loss. Very important to listen to. I really hope you're gonna enjoy that part. I can't wait to talk about that and go into these awesome, amazing naturopathic interventions. All right, everyone, check it out. I got a special guest, and here's the power of technology. My guy's all the way on Bali, and I'm over here in LA. I don't even know what time it is there. I know it's getting late here, but we're doing it. We're talking about some of the most important topics we need to when it comes to transforming who you are, especially fellas out there. A lot of men out there, we don't have the models. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We need a compass. So guess what? I got, I got the man out here to talk and help us help guide us as men to come back to who we are and how to embody who we are. Aaron Kleinman he is a transformational uh, sex and relationship coach. He's an international bestseller when it comes to all things masculinity. Whew, my, man, like, it, this is the perfect timing for even me as a human being. I'm so excited to have you on here. Thank you so much for joining the show, my brother.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for, for doing the work you're doing and, and reaching the people you reach. Just celebrating you, man.
1: <laughs> I, 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 listen, I'm just I'm trying to keep up with the shifts of bettering, bettering who we are. But first, coming from self, look, I got a question right from the get-go, a quest ion for you. Okay, T- in today's world, men in general, where are we standing with our masculinity? Mm-hmm. Is it is it an imbalance, and how does an imbalanced masculine man show up in the world? Well, masculinity
0: is is seen as in for most of society as only a certain way and i'd say there is a large amount of imbalance with masculinity mainly from the place of the power over dynamics that exists within masculine energy and so to really understand masculine energy you also have to understand feminine because we're in male bodies but inside there's also a feminine essence there's a penetrative presence about masculinity our our phallus our lingam if you will uh, you know rises to create life so there's a penetrative moving forward clarity mm-hmm. conviction directionality of masculine energy feminine energy is there's a receptivity there's a creative power there's an intuitive power so the challenge in most of society is a lot of individuals including female bodies leading from the place of only penetrative power only having power over So a healthy, integrated male body, female body, it doesn't matter, actually has an integration of both the yin and the yang, the good and the bad, the kind and the cruel, the naughty and the nice, the masculine and the feminine. So if we don't know the polarity within us, then it's actually challenging to lead from a healthy way. So what masculinity can do to improve is that more male leaders learning how to be more receptive now, that doesn't mean that your penetrative power goes away. It just means that you learn how to listen more deeply, how to hear more completely. And and there isn't a place of, I need to assert my will and strength so I get the pat on my back that I never got from Dad. And that's usually where the core mm-hmm. basis is where a lot of the unhealthy masculine issues are on this planet.
1: And And you see it all the time. I mean, even in working in corporate right you see your boss and you're like whoa okay this is this is very penetrative like do this do this and i'm in a position of power and they are it's feeding so much of their ego rather than who they are so you're saying step back and come from a place of clarity and receptivity in order to assert your own inherent power in a healthier way is that correct
0: absolutely and and what happens with that is you start to listen to the people around you so the, the gift of feminine leadership is, can I attune to the space, to my colleagues, to my co-workers, to the, my, the people who are around me? To What are your perspectives? I want to learn from you. How are you observing things around you?
1: You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out and you know this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin our barrier and you want something truly effective that is safe Alitura is one of the best in the game if you never heard of Alitura you just think of you might have seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it it's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alitura Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it, with all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed If you want to experience the energy-boosting, liver-supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG.
0: Because what that does is support the integration of all that information, the the top-down leadership approach. Listen... I come from a maritime military world like I know how to how to you know be a drill instructor how to you know lead men in battle how to how to show up and be that dictator authoritative voice and there's a time and a place for that it's not that that can't be there But to have healthy ways where you can listen more deeply to those around you means that there's a receptivity and there's a willingness to receive feedback. I think one of the gifts of a really healthy leader, if we're going to talk leadership and healthy masculine leadership, is a leader who knows how to receive the feedback from those around you. It doesn't mean that every single thing that somebody around you says is truth, But you're deciphering it and you're recognizing, okay, I'm going to assimilate all of this stuff so that I can take a directionality that is aligned to my heart and not just my mind trying to prove itself, not just my ego trying to showcase, look at me, look at me and all all the things I'm doing on the planet. It's like, no, I'm doing this out of the alignment of my soul and my heart, not my mind and my ego proving my worth.
1: Yeah, yeah, which you said a lot of the time comes from the... I needed that validation at a young age, never got it. Therefore, I'm going to show up in the world this way in hopes of one day getting the validation. And many times, ironically, it's fleeting because you never do get it. And there's there's just a never-ending void of unhappiness that we see in so many men who actually show up in this way of just, I don't feel happy, but I have so I've accumulated so much blank, right? Mm-hmm. Wealth, homes, right? Quote unquote success, awards, accolades. I mean, I've worked with people, you know, who've, who've done so well, but I see this emptiness because of really lack of relationship to their own manhood, masculinity, and their father. Mm-hmm. So, you you brought back that very important point. How sacred is that bond between son and father?
0: Mm. I mean, absolutely. You know, I'll. I'll... My relationship with my own dad, one of the stories I shared uh, i in my book, The Embodied Man, is, you know, at 14 years old, I counseled my father out of his gambling addiction. You know, I was a young 14-year-old just observing my dad losing all his money in his gambling and, you know, asked him some questions and helped him. And now, you know, was it almost 25 years later, I turned 40 in March, um... You know he's been gambling free so that was my relationship where I almost had to step in as sort of a coach and a mentor for my own father which I had a lot of later on in life judgment and resentment what it was framing me for was learning how to do that with others but you know the, the question you asked that that relationship is so important and the the young boy you know, you can look at seven-year cycles of our growth and evolution from seven, you know, zero to seven and seven to 14. That time of seven to 14 is really the time where a young boy is looking for a healthy role model of what it means to be a man in the world and if he's not necessarily finding that then that's where some of the the unconscious programming the the limiting beliefs the challenging if there's abuse in the family all of those things get kind of pushed down into the male body and then as a result usually goes about through the rest of his life trying to seek out underneath in the unconscious desire please dad i wanted you to love me because you never really loved me before You know, I had a different Mm. conditioning, like I felt a lot of love for my father, but I was never had a father that I would be like, okay, he can get that thing done. Like my mentality was like, I had to learn how to get things done very early, because if not, you know, he was living out of his car, you know, that that was like, I had to learn how to uh, adjust in that way. But what I see with a lot of the men I work with is that when the young boy can almost be reparented when he can be held, when he can tell, you know, be told that he's loved, that he's adored, that he's loved exactly the way he is, then what happens on a bioelectric magnetic level is that these these cells, these parts in the body that have been seeking validation can actually be met with the compassion, empathy and appreciation of love that they never received. And now what's the, the, the result that happens for an older 40, 50-year-old man is when he goes in and does the work like that, doing the work, being, getting reparented, being holding the younger one inside, there, there's more spaciousness because all of the guilt and the resentment and the shame that he may have held towards his father or a parental figure can start to dissolve away. And so there's more spaciousness to show up as love on this planet as someone who's here to listen deeply, to, you know, be with his will and and his purpose and his directionality. So what that requires is recognizing, and and this is a gift of, of, and I want to take it here, is, is the emotionality. Our emotions are a gateway for our growth, evolution, and learning. What that means is when I'm triggered or something happens, instead of the the attacking of another, I can actually utilize those emotions as a way to reverberate back into my mind, into my memories, into my situations to realize, oh, I'm only reacting this way because dad didn't love me when I was five or six or seven or 10 or 14. So what do I need to do? I need to hold myself, love myself, learn how to say, Oh, oh, there was love there. Like, I didn't see it at the time. It didn't show up in the way I wanted it to be, but life doesn't work that way. Like, everyone listening, exactly where you are is exactly where you're meant to be, but all the things you haven't learned to love, honor, and appreciate about the perfection of your childhood and past is only getting in the way of really expressing your true power. So this is what I say to men. You want to be more powerful do the inner work, get in the into the vulnerability, get messy, get uncomfortable. Don't just keep showing up, okay, yeah, you wanna to go to the gym, like it's good to work out, but going to the gym is sometimes a vulnerability of the emotional body inside that maybe hasn't been exercised for 20, 30, 40 years.
1: And then finally going inward to do that emotional gymming, exactly. which is sometimes even harder than p- picking up 50 pound dumbbells, right? Uh, <laughs> it usually and, is. And, and, and that, It it, it almost inevitably is um, because I've been there, man, and and that work is, is always there. But something that you said has really stuck out with me is we oftentimes, as men, look back with resentment on the childhood that we may have had or didn't have, right? And what you're saying, very importantly and eloquently, you said is that it is simply the lack of compassion that we had that it was just the way it was, and that's okay, because our view of what we wanted in perfection is blocking our very power. That's the irony. It's like accepting the childhood that we had, loving it, compassion for it, opens up our space and frees up that energy for deeper power.
0: Absolutely, you know, and, and what that means is every judgment that we hold to either others or to things in the past when we wanted something differently, That judgment is basically saying to the universe or saying to whatever you want to call it, I don't know how to hold that power, so I'm going to give it away to that person that I'm judging. I'm going to give it away to that thing. Now, what that means is to really have a deeper date with power means to own all aspects of our being but that's owning both the light and the dark this is shadow work this is probably the work i do more than anything with all the retreats and groups and one-on-one coaching things i do is teaching people how to work with their shadows in an effective way because the the judgment that we place upon ourselves or our dad thinking that oh well you know he didn't do this right and he could have made this decision different it it's basically saying to the universe, oh, I haven't learned to honor the the perfection that's brought me to this moment because I still think, yeah. for some crazy reason, that it should have happened another way. It's like there's there's an absolute impeccable perfection in this world. Now that doesn't mean, and this is a really big distinction I want to make that was helpful for me is you know, 15 years ago when I was living in L.A., I, I, had a, I had my sailboat, I was deep in the world of mindfulness, I was working for a self-development publishing company, I was teaching and speaking from stage, I understood, I was diving into mysteries of the universe, I could quantify and communicate a lot of concepts mentally and cognitively.
1: Yeah,
0: But what I was noticing was that inside the cells in my body were still dictating something else. And this to me comes into a deeper field of somatic therapy and more, you know, you could say uh, the world of Tantra, the world of, of weaving all of this together, going into the wisdom of the body. So for a lot of people, we can understand concepts, but the cells in the body are still holding on to the pain, the anguish, and the, the things in the past that we haven't learned to love and appreciate. And this, again, is why you have to dive into the mystery, the feminine mystery of the body, because the mind can't necessarily figure out how to dive into the body. And a lot of people are trying to do it. Emotional intelligence, you know, understanding emotions and there's a big part of the emotional body that's like, I don't give a fuck. I just want to be wild and free and and, and hit pillows and and do all the things I need to do. And so people can do that two ways. You can do it in a healthy way where you take responsibility for the emotions, or you can do it in an unhealthy way, have too many drinks on a Friday night, you know, and and this I learned so strongly when when I was at university. You know, it's funny, I grew up in a, a small town outside of Boston and I say I went to a maritime school with a master's in alcoholism and I graduated with a PhD. You know, the, like alcohol was my gateway into not feeling my emotions. I had so yeah. much anger towards my mother, you know, to, towards my father, towards so many things that I hadn't had a chance to feel and I would just drink it all away. I would all like, and I would get like blackout drunk and have so much anger inside of me. But when I've met this field of self-development, my I this field of like feeling deeply, I was able to move all of that anger inside of me and take responsibility for the rage and all the things that I hadn't had a chance to feel. All the things that my young boy, who at the time observed a lot of chaos in life, was like almost frozen at times. So the somatic work when we can go in and not only understand how to be grateful for the things in the past but also embody the gratitude and to embody the gratitude means owning the pissed off one inside that might be still angry at the world you know the one inside that wants to annihilate another that wants to destroy another so rather than projecting the destroyer on someone on the outside and judging them owning that energy, owning that power that exists within, and then you can land more deeply into the heart. You can land more deeply and have more integrity for how you're showing up as a man because you're not just understanding concepts, but you're embodying the essence of who you really are.
1: I feel that, I really do, because there's a massive difference between concept and experiential, Um, and we feel that too. So we're always attracted to the person who knows the concepts and who can be on stage and be like, "Did you know this about masculinity?" Now let me tell you the five things, blah blah blah. And we're like, "Hey, I want more." But then when you sit down at a restaurant with that person, you're like, "Ah, oh, I don't feel like the energy's there. What happened? I don't understand." He was on stage, and and the embodiment is the 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 thing that people feel, hmm. and 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 it's it's a frequency. It's it's how it's how you're uh, radiating to the world. So. I feel that from you, man. So I already know you've done the work. I feel it coming out of you already. But 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 so, so powerfully you said, and and how many times we see this is men who are in pain, who cannot, who never had the chance to because they were always in a, a freeze or flight state as a, as a child, not able to be like, oh no so bad, right? They they're holding it in and then what happens like you said they go to college as soon as they get out of the house and they get addicted to alcohol or addicted to drugs or any other thing that numbs that emotion. But um I don't know if uh, you know but I I've, I've been doing emotional work on people somatic and holy moly as soon as people come out of their heads they're protective places, right, where they want to live and they just drop down to the body and safety and co-regulation. Oh my God, that flower that is you starts peeling and it's like, oh, here's tears. Oh my God, here's anger. And the anger that I see in some men, I mean, like I've held their fist and had them pushed down on my hand and I was like, I have to put all my weight because this guy doesn't seem that big, but the energy that's coming out of him is is the most incredible. Like, red face, and raw, And I was like, that, that's a yell from the 90s. That's a yell from the 80s. That is not a yell from this year, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's also beautiful and sacred. So how do the viewers and listeners, especially uh, the men out there who are listening, or the women listening and who have men in their lives who they love, what can we as men start doing right now to start bettering ourselves and connecting to our emotions?
0: great question and and I love that you're doing this work in my perspective there can't be more somatic work on the planet like i just celebrate it all that's yeah. happening what a man can do is learn the sacred pause button now uh, the sacred pause button is that moment when she said something or your brother said something or your dad said something and you feel that initial response of like ah! it's like that coming to for a lot of male bodies not all the the usual like, you know, kind of animalistic nervous system response is that fight response. Again, not all, but that fight response is healthy. It's like, I want to assert my power. I want to be there. But usually that fight response is, is masking the pain that's underneath. So what men can do is to recognize, have a deeper awareness when they're, at school when their their emotional body is coming up so if you find yourself saying the words and, and i love this i learned this you know when i did my master's in spiritual psychology like when you find yourself saying i'm upset because i'm upset because she said this that this happened here and you you're in that place of like wanting to attack you pull back and you just notice you take awareness of your breath oh wow okay there's a pissed off person inside of me that wants to fucking rip things apart right now you pull yourself out of the situation because i've 99 percent of the time at that moment when the emotional body is activated in that way most of the time there's not a lot of healthy interactions that are about to happen (laughs) it's just you know it's just not usually the case because the part inside that's been pissed off usually has nothing to do with the person that you're mad at they're just representing right. all of the things that are unowned inside of you and all the times that you you haven't learned to love honor and appreciate that upsetness inside of you you pull yourself away what i do and i was just you know i do this probably 3 or 4 times a week because i'm human i have emotions it's not like we get to a point where all of a sudden I am enlightened, and I am going to sit, and I am not going to feel anymore. Bullshit, we're human. I feel. I'm in this body. I want to feel. I want to be alive. Just This is the joy of the human experience, but I want to do it in a healthy way. So when I'm upset, I take myself into a room. I put a pillow down inside, in front of me, and I let all of that anger and that rage just vibrate through my body. It usually lasts, you know... Three to five minutes, sometimes 30 seconds. Like, it can be really short. When I first started doing it, it felt like it would be for hours. Like, phew, there was so much inside of me, you know? And then after you've done that, you bring yourself back into that conversation and you're at more of a state of rest and digest in your nervous system. You're no longer in a fight or flight response. Chances are if you were in a flight response, then you may have wanted to pull yourself away into the bedroom. But the awareness and the accountability to your own nervous system is the way that healthy relationships begin to form. Because this is the place, you know, to really speak into, you mentioned earlier, you have a lot of couples out listening. Relationships are an ultimate spiritual path. If you're listening to this and you're looking at your beloved male body, female body, who's in front of you, they're representing all of the things that you haven't learned to love, honor, and appreciate about your past and yourself, which might mean sometimes you want to rip their head off because you're like, whoa, I can't even believe that you just did that thing, and you're wrong, and this is bad, and, but if you take all that projection off and you have that sacred pause button, then you can realize, whoa, they're just representing my mom or my dad that I'm so pissed off about inside. And it's really Mm, quite easy. Wow,
1: how powerful. (laughs) It sounds, I mean, it's crazy. All you gotta do is just go stop, you know, and go, hold on, hold on, before this starts coming, just stop, and then, you know, I've done those emotional release on pillows, and it's like, ah, there it is, right? Like, so different than going, like, I'm going for a walk. No, no, you need to go for a walk and scream, or just not go for a walk, right? Like, you need to release that, energy that's coming up, and, and I have actually came from that place, and, uh, and, and it's a, a new self. You're just like, okay, now I get what's going on. Okay, okay, let me just tell you, this is what I feel. This is, you actually are representing this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about you, actually, so I'm sorry that I said that. You know, kind of like, it's just a new self that shows up. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, the challenge is when you, that is coming up, and you're on fire, and it's coming out of your throat, and you want to say that? <laughs> Yeah, like the dragon fires coming out. You got you need that sacred pause has to be like a, like a, a emergency brake on, on a Ferrari. <laughs> absolutely. That's what I'm seeing in my head, you know. So.
0: Yeah. You know, and the other thing I want to say about the emotions that was a, a huge learning for me, was you know coming from into this world from the mind and wanting to understand why I'm upset and why this happened and why mom did this and dad did this. Like that's all fair enough. Like absolutely, it's good to do that in your work. And there's also a place I find with the emotions that sometimes they just want to be like, I just want to cry and I don't need to have a reason. I don't need to know why. You know, I had a moment, one of the organizations I now teach with around the world, I was, I was in the first time I took their training. I was in uh, New Zealand, and I was having one of these, like, come to Jesus moments. It was pouring rain. My head was back. I was crying and crying and crying, and I didn't know, you know, and at first it was about mom, then it was about dad, then it was about Le- my sister, and then it was about, you know, all these things. And then eventually I noticed my, my mind coming in wanting to understand, and I just said to my mind in that moment, Right. I'll be back. Like, I'm going to come back to you. Just give me a moment. Just let me emote for no reason. And I just let myself emote and cry and be upset and be angry. And it was so liberating. It was so freeing to not need to know why I was upset, to not need to know why tears were there. I was just being with energy in motion, yeah. Emotions. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it was so much. Yeah, emotions. And I totally, totally appreciate that. And this is why I talk so much about the importance and the value of therapy to a certain level. Right, value of therapy, we could talk for a while, and you could you could probably bring tears out of me if we had a deep conversation in probably 15 minutes. I'd be like, yeah, I know, that's what happened, right? <laughs> versus me, ah, right? And then your head goes, wait, am I, am I crying because in fifth grade? Oh my God, that must be, like, we just wanna put, we wanna attach all of our identities onto, now I understand, now it makes sense, versus just letting the energy be in motion, like you said, the emotion motion let the, let the body do what it does. It's like we don't really have to harp on our knee healing from a cut. It's just gonna heal so long as we remove the hand from picking the scab, right? So it would be silly for us to look at the knee and being like, oh my God, yeah, I think I totally need to understand every single step of what's going on, or just let the knee heal. Let the emotions heal without attaching, like you said, all of those stories, right? The why. the why. The body doesn't care about the why. That's what I said. I tell my clients, body doesn't care about the why. It only cares are you suppressing your emotions or are you expressing. That's it. It doesn't care about your story. Absolutely. So I love I love that you. So I want to go back to this, this masculinity, this masculine. Um, a lot of people don't know what a... Uh, someone who's stepping into an unhealthy masculine really looks like. What does someone, uh, aside from just being in a power position and not looking within, is there any other traits of an unhealthy masculine uh, man?
0: Yeah, it's um, penetrating without consent. It is, Mm. you know, um, it's kind of the distorted unhealthy masculine that is having control over others. It's, you know, control and leader, like there's a difference between unhealthy control and healthy leadership. So the the distorted masculinity is is unable to deeply listen, is unable to, you know, because we can look at masculinity if we look at like deities, if we look at a lot of traditions that look at different masculine principles. If I look at um, Shiva, which is kind of the the Hindu representation of pure masculine presence, there's a stillness. There's a healthy place of witnessing without judgment. So the unhealthy masculine witnesses with judgment. He's looking outside of the world and saying, oh, they're this way, they're this way. Why are people doing this? Oh, this is making me uncomfortable. The healthy masculine is able to do two things. He's able to take a step back and observe life around. This is one of the gifts of things like meditation it's being in observation of the world around. However, what a lot of people do, and I see this a lot in the the spiritual world, is they think that healthy masculine is just this stoic place that doesn't feel. So, and this is really a clear distinction. So healthy masculine is that witnessing without judgment. But also to be take that embodied masculine into the body can be challenging because, you know, and if I look at masculine and feminine from two sides, from light and dark, meaning that there's a light masculine space holder, more of like the Jesus archetype, the one that's just like, I'm here, give me all your issues. I'm going to listen and I'm going to love and I'm going to be there and I'm going to hold the space like a mother. I'm gonna be the space holder you've never dreamed of, <laughs> and, and just a little thing to yeah. people who are attached to this space holder. Space has been doing a great job of holding itself for a long time, so if you're attached right. to being the space holder, it's like, whoa, well, okay, what am I attached to? So that's more light masculine, healthy, right. unhealthy. Dark masculine, the place of of penetration, the place of dis- destruction. Most people think of destruction, and you know these kind of uh, taking away of, of life as always being bad but ultimately when a man can learn how to vibrate dark masculine energy inside of his body and he can, he is a powerful embodied destructive force that is removing anywhere there's not love and when a man can learn how to do that, and he's not being destructive to validate his own ego, and most men listening, I guarantee you, you know the difference. You know the difference of when you're trying to destroy another because you want to feel good about yourself. That's unhealthy masculine. When you are showing up in your full clarity, connected to your balls, connected to your you know, full aliveness, then you destroy all of the bullshit all of the stories, all of the things that people are saying around you because you're destroying it because it's not love. And love isn't just this mushy-gushy, pie-in-the-sky dream. Love is is balance of both good and bad. It's the light and the dark. But when you can recognize based upon your own capacity to listen to your intuition, listen to the place from within, and then utilize that listening power with your embodied dark presence – then you just create a field for the feminine to feel safe. And this is 150% one of the gifts of healthy masculine energy. And this is something that you can't even quantify. I could bring right now 100 women into a room and they you could have a lot of men there. And they would just know the men that they feel safe with. The men that they feel safe with, they have a healthy dynamic of embodied presence, not just mental understanding of concepts, but it's a place that they know if things got crazy, that man could step up and say, hey, that's not welcome here. You, I, I'm creating a field for the feminine to feel safe. And what that actually means, and this is the really the big aspect of the work I do, is the male body who wants to be in healthy, dark, masculine energy, he has to know the tender, young, feminine energy inside, the deep vulnerability. If he doesn't have a healthy awareness, communication, conversation with that feminine energy, that probably for a lot of men has been pushed under the rug for most of his life and said, nope, you can't be here. Because for a lot of young boys, it's like big boys don't cry. You're not allowed to feel. Vulnerability isn't welcome. Here, show up. Be a man. Be a man. You know, and so all these things are ingrained in. So most men think that to be a man just means, okay, I'm going to take control. I'm going to lead. I'm going to assert. I'm going to be here. And that's unhealthy. But when a man can do that from a place of his own inner integrity, and it doesn't mean that he gets his balls chopped off and he's just gonna become a woman. He's going to know how to destroy anything in front of him that's not love and above. And he's going to show up and say, hey, I'm here creating safety and being in the vibration of love, not just for you on the outside feminine, but for my own feminine inside, because I'm here to hold her first and foremost.
1: Mm, that's, that's so clear and beautifully said, because It it, it can't be more simple than that. This is basically the dynamic right now of, of the man and woman, masculine feminine, is to just have them feel safe. It comes back to the safety of the feminine around your embodied energy. What you're saying, embodied, big difference, right? Even you 10, 12 years ago versus now, the embodied energy. And this is how we bring back men to their true power. Right, so this comes back to like what you're saying. Our true power is the embodiment of our masculine selves. You're saying the man who can hold the masculine and feminine parts of himself, re meet that every day, be able to feel the, the light and the darkness, as you'd said. Um, so that's so motivating because in many ways, men listening are, we all know. Oh, you know what? I can do a little bit better or a lot better with the way I show up. I'm exactly where I need to be, but I can show up more powerfully and how much better of a dad you can be. Mm -hmm. How much better of a boyfriend, Mm -hmm. fiance, right? Community leader, work leader, whatever, industry leader that's all there for us so long as we go within ourselves for that correct
0: absolutely absolutely and this is really you know the this book i just had come out recently the embodied man like chapter six of that book i would never put it on the front title but chapter six is called awakening the inner queen because until a man knows the queen inside of him then he's often only projecting the queen onto the woman on the outside when he has a healthy relationship between that inner union between masculine and feminine inside, then it, he actually can be a better partner, a better father, a better a better man in yeah. society. But most men, you know, it's like the, the the groups I run at the end of the retreat, I say to guys, like, if you knew everything I was going to take you through this week, would any of you have come? They're like, no. I'm like, are you so glad you're here? They're like, absolutely. <laughs> because there's a big part of men, they're like so terrified of doing this work, but there's a deep part of them inside longing for it.
1: It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience to that it's not only delicious, C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and healthspan is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been opened and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth.
0: You know, I, and I want to share an yeah. example. Years ago, I, I was living a lot in Australia and I was running a weekend. <laughs> On this weekend, the Saturday was all women. And it was like, you know, myself and a female teacher. And we were guiding them into their masculine and their feminine all that. And on Sunday, it was all men. And these were like super Aussie guys, like literally guys were coming out of the coal mines, coming into this workshop, like, you know, right, super right. masculine alpha. You know, I don't feel I just, you know, this, this is the, what, what am I doing? My woman's making me come here, you know. And it was like stereotypical yeah. to the end degree. And within 15 minutes of on that Sunday when the group was filled with all the only men, every single man, and I wasn't trying to make this happen, every single man in that group was in tears. You know, and these were these big, strong, like, alpha men. But what happened there? There was a part of them that finally felt that they were safe enough, non-judgmental enough, where they could bring all of themselves. There's a saying I say a lot in tantra of, all of you is welcome. So when I open a container, when I work with a group, I say that to people over and over again. All parts, all pieces, all of you is welcome here to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to be recognized. So that means that all of these younger, you know, more infantile parts that haven't had a chance to be seen, to have their seat on the table, can actually be held and loved and appreciated. And, you know, I want to speak into a really important piece of why I love men's work. Because what happens in places like this is that the masculine in you and the masculine in me, he is going to trust more the masculine in a male body than the masculine in a female body. Because there's a part of us that knows that we that that you've been on this journey in your masculinity in your male body more but what happens is a lot of female bodies are asking their partner i want to feel you more and show your emotions and be vulnerable and do these right. things but right. then what happens that one moment when the the guy is like okay she's been asking me for like 3 months to to feel you know to show my feelings and then finally that young tender feminine inside who's like, is it safe? Can can I be here? She comes out and she expresses something, which probably isn't doing in a very clear, emotional, like, integrity way, and it can be a little bit messy, because in general, she's probably a 12- or 13-year-old little girl. So she comes out. Now, if the masculine energy in that female body doesn't have a healthy way of witnessing without judgment, then... If that's not there, then that feminine, that tender young feminine is probably going to be judged, ridiculed, blamed, and shame. And what's going to happen? She's going to go deeper and darker back into the body and saying I'm never doing that again which is why right so many men have these massive blocks on their heart and they're like no I can't feel because I did that that one time and then I got hit I got slapped I got pushed down and I'm never doing that again never doing that again that was unsafe and I'm going to protect her for the rest of my life
1: <laughs> yep, yep. I know exactly, exactly what you mean, dude. Uh, from even firsthand, I know exactly that, that feeling of um, being implored by the feminine and, and saying, "Hey, look, why? You know, this is in you. You know, I would just, you know, be, show some more emotion. You can. I f- open your heart, right? And and man, I've been like, okay, here I am, and then it's like, oh shit, there I go. You know what I mean? It's like covering up because it's like. It's like you go on stage and you get tomatoes thrown at you, and it, not purposefully, but that's how it feels, and then you close up. But, but really important, what you said, and, and really resonated, it's, it's in a group of men together, it's, it, we feel most seen and understood and safe. I mean, I feel like a man in a group of women who are non-judgmental and hold that space very well, and you can be who you want, uh, Mr. Whatever, Versus a group of men, it's, it's just there's an energy there. You already feel it. And you're like, okay, uh, who's that guy? Who's that guy? After you allow us to be who we are and open up that space, I can see how people in 10 minutes are going to start crying because they know they see themselves in another, that masculine hurting self that's in pain
0: exactly exactly and you know it's it it blows me away literally you know I I run these deep dive seven-day men's journeys and you know the the closing circle of the last one I just had in Nicaragua like two months ago the entire group was just in these like tears of power and gratitude and you know sometimes tears are associated to like weakness but When tears are coming from this deep, empowered place of love and just like having such brotherly love of like feeling so many men are like, wow, I can actually be all of me. I don't need to compartmentalize parts of me. I can bring all of me. And so, you know, I love, you know, after things like that, when, you know, my inbox gets filled with, you know, the messages from wives and girlfriends, they're like, I don't know what yeah. you did to him, but something changed. And thank you. Like there's a felt differentiation in that man. And that happens when men come together And they can let go their arms. They can let go their mass. They can just let themselves be seen. And that doesn't mean they get weak. What it means is they have a healthier relationship between their own innate power and their own internal vulnerability. And when power and vulnerability dance inside themselves, an inner union gets formed. An inner union is a place of where purpose and directionality for the life that you're leading gets to be expressed into the world.
1: Mm. That's powerful to think about, uh, the, the union between both. You know, we, we, we spoke about that hyper-masculine, penetrated, my way, this is the way it's going to be. But what about the men who are in the hyper-feminine, in, in the passivity of everything? Like, oh, you know, it's whatever, whatever we do, it's fine. It, it, how does it, it, What is happening there? Is it different ways we were parented um, versus different things we're proving to. Is it, is it a mother wound? What happens to the man who just so disconnected and very, very in their feminine and doesn't even know how to step into any masculinity?
0: Yeah, great question. Thank you for bringing that in. You know, what I find, there's a lot of different situations, but there tend, tended to be an over-coddling of the mother on that man. And so... You know, or there was some situation where that man came to a really strong state of power and he was judged and ridiculed. So in his brain, the belief is like a lot of uh, penetration and power equals bad. Like some some set of values inside the mind is saying basically, if I assert my my strength, because a lot of a lot of us, you know, I always come back to that, you know, Marian Williamson quote. Like sometimes our greatest fear is not that we're too small; our greatest fear is that we're too much. And if we've had situations in our lives where somebody has told us that we're too much, then we've learned this, de, you know, kind of default way of being to just be more kind of complacent and be more like soft and gentle and you know and also what I find a lot of men like I live you know when I'm not on the road I live a lot of times here in Ubud in Bali and it's a place of healing it's a place where I see not a lot but a fair amount of men who kind of come here to dive into their feeling body into their feminine into their expression into their dance but what happens is sometimes they lose their balls they lose that place of their will that's like, I'm here. And I'm here to, to stand for my beliefs, my desires, and, and why I've come onto this earth. So what I would say to those men that are feeling a little bit more complacent and a little bit more, you know, kind of soft, it's not a bad thing. Like feminine receptivity and creativity and intuition can be beautiful. But, you know, if that feminine doesn't have a healthy backbone – and doesn't have a healthy sword in his back to pull out at any time to say, hey, that that's not allowed here, then that feminine leadership isn't as strong. So to me, you know, it, it's less around it needing to be penetrated and strong or soft and tender. It's a place in between. But what I would say to those beings, if you resonate with, with you know, what what, what Dr. G was just asking is like, to get back into finding your will. Now, if your will, if you can imagine, if you take your, your your hands right now and put a one finger at your belly button, one finger at the bottom of your ribcage, right in between that is your third chakra. That's your will to survive, your will to succeed, that place that stands forth with a penetrative, persistent presence that knows what he's here for. And a lot of will for many male bodies has almost been taken away because of the world mother father has said like oh no 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 you're too much That, that's too much here you're too creative you're too this you're too that and we start to believe those stories we start to believe that they're actually true it's like No, they're just someone else's interpretation of what they think we need to be. And this is why it's so important to unravel the stories. You know, chapter one in my book, The Embodied Man, is unraveling the stories so that we can get back into the core of who we really are. The stories, the beliefs, the ideas are impacting our reality. So if I'm buying into a belief that I took on at 15 years old that to be powerful is to be bad because dad was pissed off at all the powerful people in the town and, you know, said, you know, money is bad or power is bad. Then a lot of us took on that and we're like, I'm not allowed to be bad because then dad's going to be mad at me for being too powerful. You know, that's just an example. So it's really looking at what are the conditioning that's brought you into this moment, listening to this conversation, hearing the sound of my voice and what conditioning can you say, Hey, I'm done with you because I know what I'm here for. And I guarantee the people listening right now, you want to be on your deathbed, not thinking about all the things you wished you did, but rather having done all the things of why you know you have incarnated into this body in the first place. And when you can find that key source that vibrates from the center of your heart, from the connection to your soul. And then you need will to be in the world. You need the will to say, hey, I'm gonna move through the resistance because I'm sure you know you're a business owner and creator. Sometimes there's a lot, there's a thick force field that's there that you need to move through. Sometimes that force field is trying to show you a different direction. And this is also an important lesson: the the, the distinction between I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep pushing through. I was taught perseverance and I need to be perseverant because that's what I learned. And and that other place of like, well, maybe the universe is showing me a different direction. So I can take what I'm learning here and then utilize my intuitive receptive skills to guide myself in a different direction. So it's it's really yeah. it's utilizing your deep listening and receptivity in conjunction with the power and the will to succeed and the power and will to say, I am here and there's not another human on the planet that is exactly like me with everything I've gone through. And when someone knows that and they bring that into a boardroom, into the bedroom, into life, everything changes.
1: Powerful, powerful, man. To think, I love the analogy, right? You have the feminine softness, right? The connection to intuition, the, the flow, but you got a sword on your back or you got the backbone, right? That That's the will, what's holding it up, right? The dynamics between the two to be able to show up. Yes, I can be soft, I could be in that flow, but hold on, I got my sword over here to be like, this is, this is what I'm doing. Here's why I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. Here's why, why I know I'm here and here's how I'm gonna assert my will for the betterment of people, right? To assert my power for the betterment, betterment of uh, the people around me and for society, why I'm here incarnated, as you said. Um, you said something, you said bedroom and that that put another light on my head because we were talking a little bit off air about shame and, and body image and, and, and you know, I've never seen this connection or heard this connection. You talked about how the connection or, or the shame that we carry is gonna hold us back from our own success in, in, in work and in business. Um, if I'm paraphrasing that in any way wrong, just let me know. But I, I would love to know, what is the connection? What we, what, how, can we go deeper into that? For sure.
0: You know, it, it comes back into what I was sharing earlier on the judgment. So if there are shames and resentments and things, especially around our sexuality, around any aspect of our being, then that's literally cells in the body that can't hold the space of love. Because what shame is, what judgment is, is on a bioelectric, and I'll speak science for a minute, on a bioelectric magnetic vibrating machine. So if there are things in my past that I have shame for, I'm holding that in my system as a half spin of of energy. That half spin of energy is seeking to equilibrate itself, neutralize itself, so that that it can show up with more love and power and presence on the planet. This is why people tend to draw the same people, places, and experiences into their life so that they can feel the shame they haven't felt. And this is especially true around our, we've been talking about power, haven't really talked about money, but let's talk about sex. Like there's so much shame built around our sexuality of like, Oh, you know, I, I can't I can't be hear, heard having sex or I can't be naked around others or all these other things that's been improgrammed into us over years. Our sexuality is like our emotions. It's just part of our being. It's like, you know, the, they have proven um, studies done that when a child is in the womb, he's playing with himself or herself. You know, there's a natural part of our sexuality. We're having this conversation because sex on legs created life, and life created each one of us. So to let go of all of the conditions that sex is, you know, what do most people learn about sex from either the, the church, which is, says, you know, don't have sex, and when you do, only pr- create life because everything else is sinful, or through pornography, which is like have sex everywhere. Everyone's ready for sex, and it's just a big sex field. It's <laughs> like there's not a lot of healthy places where we learn about sex. So to, to recognize what are the conditionings that you know you as a listener have around your sexuality? What 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 are the what are the beliefs, the ideas? You know, do you celebrate your animal body? Do you celebrate that part of you that just wants to be with many? Do you celebrate that part of you that wants to just be with one? Have you leaned into the edges, your desires, your fears, the places within that you've never expressed? Sexuality can definitely get Uh, over abuse and you know i teach in this field of of where sexuality is on the table now it doesn't mean that all we do is have sex it's just one portion of it you know i teach in a field where uh, where sexuality is a conscious conversation people often like oh you teach in tantra that means that you have orgies and sex parties all the time it's like no i teach about emotions and mind and heart and all the other things but we also deal with sexuality and all the conditionings that's brought us here And so someone who's listening, it's really about unpacking what are the stories, what are the beliefs, what are the ideas that you hold on to around your sexuality? And is there shame associated to that as well? Because that shame is getting in the way of accessing your true power. Sexuality is life force energy, it circulates from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, from the crown of the head to the base of the spine. When I can learn how to circulate and move life force energy in my body, then I can literally utilize sexual energy as a healing modality which is why sometimes there can be a lot of emotion emotions that arise in the bedroom because we're opening a, a gateway where someone can feel everything that means they can feel the times when they were shame and they were afraid to be the wild crazy sexual being that they are it's like let me break free of that but do it with integrity intact breaking free about that does not mean we need to have sex everywhere and just think that we need it's just a big situation just means I'm aligned and I'm connected to my heart. I'm connected to my sexuality as one of the four centers in my body that I listen to.
1: Mm. And and you talking about shame. The shame is what I find one of the deepest, deepest emotional repressions that I, that I'm seeing Mm. on the table, right? Mm -hmm. Shame, 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 men and women. How... How do we even access that shame is, is I mean, this is, like you said, religion, right? A lot of us grow up with religion and this belief system that is not only just taught to us at an early age, but perpetuated, and we hear it in the house, and we read it in books, and then we hear it again at church, and then we hear it at the house, right? Or, like you said, perpetuated in pornography, and, you know, there's no basis to it, and there's the other extreme, but regardless, there's always some level of shame unless it's healthily expressed. How do we even access that shame? How do we even know that we even have shame? How do we even know that we're holding shame and, and how do we begin to express or make ourselves uncomfortable to express, okay, I'm ready to express the shame and I'm ready to transcend that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love this question and you know, it's a whole uh, uh, rabbit hole of, of conversation for sure. You know, I would say to first assess it is someone listening, just take a moment and just place your hand on your genitals. Does that bring up shame? Mm. You know, does it bring up shame just to to hold the sacred genitals that you exist in in this body? Or did someone or something tell you, oh, no, you're not supposed to touch yourself? Of course, like touching yourself in public is is not necessarily a proper thing to do, but touching yourself in the comfort of your own home, does that bring up shame? you know does it mm. does it bring up shame for your beloved to see you naked do you have sex with the lights on or the lights off you know are are you willing to express your innermost fantasies and desires or if you were to do that would it would you feel like oh no then i would be the that 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 sexual slut or that, or that whore i i can't be that i right. must be the prince I must be the prim and proper one, you know. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, so let me let me drink my tea and put on my nice nice suit, and I'm the prim and proper one. But right. underneath that is just this wild, crazy one that wants to get, get, you know, be just have more sex than they can imagine. You know, unfortunately, the conditions that have brought us here is why. You know, we look at the 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 church, and there's a lot of you know priests that that take advantage of of the, the situation that they're in because they they they're they're, sh- they're taught shame around their sexuality and we're taught that it's bad to be a sexual being we're it's bad to yeah. you know show up in this way and, and you know sexuality is is a, is how we have gotten here and how we have gotten here is also being in a place where somehow it's bad to have sex and it's it's like there's so much conditioning around it So it's unpacking all of that layer by layer by layer, and it first starts with the inside. Another question for the listeners is like, when was the last time you touched yourself without agenda? You just lovingly brought touch to your body, and does that feel shameful? Does that feel bad if you touch yourself? Or can you just say, oh, my God, I love this body. Oh, Oh, there's so much juiciness and aliveness inside of me. Yes.
1: Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Piori's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Piori is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Piori.com. Use my promo code DRG, that's P-U-O-R-I.com slash D R G to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Peori. These days, these days it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peak's Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. .com/drg you're going to get 50% off plus all those freebies.
0: Like I want to right, celebrate it right. all. I want to be here in an I'm in the body. It's like I don't need to transcend the 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 body, the human experience. I want to master the human experience. And the mastery of human experience means that I dive into the fear, the shame, the 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 uncomfortability. So what people can do is they can start to track their uncomfortable nature when sexual maybe you know someone starts talking about sexuality and you're like you notice your body contracting so instead of contracting can you lean into that and open it and to be a little bit uncomfortable you know like I have again like in these men's journeys I run like we completely put all of the deepest fears and taboos and sexual issues that exist between men on the table and I have men, you know, you know, I have another one starting in about one month here in Bali. And they're like, I'm, I'm a little afraid, but I'm, I'm willing because I know I'm about to tackle some pretty deep, deep things inside. Because these are, these are issues that have never really had a place to be dealt with because there's so much shame. You know, even the conversation around homophobia and the thought of, you know, in the way in which even today countries look at, you know, male-male, you know, interaction. It's like that's not even allowed here. But those countries Mm -hmm. that, that have that often have the greatest amount of male sexual abuse happening behind closed doors... You know, that, that's another yeah. whole deep conversation, you know, of looking at, you know, male to male sexual abuse happening with older men and young boys, at, 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 you know, throughout the world right now. That's not something that most yeah. people even open up a, a box to talk about because there's so much shame around it. And there's a lot of humans, and, and, and I'm very grateful because I have a lot of individuals. I don't, like, broadcast myself in this way, but there's a part of their beings and their souls that know that they can be held in that way based upon the groups and the things and the, the coaching and whatnot I do, who have gone through some really difficult situations as a young boy or as a young child, and they felt for their whole entire life, I don't know where to go with this because often talking therapy, the psychologists themselves, they get uncomfortable when you start talking about sexuality because they're not embodied in themselves. And it's like... They can't it, hold it. Exactly. So we, we're the, the male, the, we're looking for a place of someone, please, God, where can somebody hold all of this? And unfortunately, mm. if we look at the last two or three years, there's a lot of increase in male suicide that's resulted because so many men are like... I don't know how to be here on this planet anymore because no one can hold everything that I'm, I'm dealing with, so I'm just gonna leave.
1: And it wow. fucking saddens That's me incredible. so much. You know. The part about homophobia, I'm still trying to understand. So you said countries that uh, that re- that push away or resent it are the countries with higher amounts of shameful sex acts. Well,
0: look at Did look, look at the, that look at the countries out there who basically are saying you know, uh, gay, gay relationships are absolutely not welcome in this country. We're only going, and I'm not going to go into specific countries because that's just, you know, it's just right, 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 going right. to open up another box. But there are countries that yeah. there are there are laws that say gay relationships, literally you will be killed for. But in those same countries, yeah. the what happens behind closed doors with male-to-male relationships is so deeply in the shadow that it's it's like to, even for it to come out would probably get them killed
1: I see I see what you're saying and then in those countries they have uh, things like the pedophilia as you were mentioning uh, like absolutely older, absolutely older. yeah you know and, and interesting interesting and, that, yeah, yeah. A shame
0: and shame and, and yeah, also how like, shame really does that. In, in similar countries around, you know, shame and, and sexuality where the... Se- like, I was just having a, a conversation with a dear friend of mine who grew up in one of these said countries. What she was taught at a young as a young girl was when he's ready, you have sex. That's it. That's all that, that, that we're, we're, we're taught to be obedient. You have no say. You know, your, your genitals are here for his pleasure. That's literally yeah. what was being taught to her... In a young, as a child, and like that to me is mm. is is wild. It's crazy. It's like that. Imagine that kind of education. I mean, that's in one extreme. I know. For me, as growing up in the U.S., we were taught like, you know, sex is dirty. It creates HIV. It creates AIDS. These are the venereal diseases. Don't do it. You know. Okay, we move on. It's like. What are the right? two things that children actually need a healthy you know, conversation around? How to move the emotional body in a healthy way and how to have more right. healthy conversations around sexuality to actually empower humans to know what this flesh suit is all about.
1: That's true. That's true. And 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 then that 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 even and we won't have to go into it for conscious parenting. But there you go. That's two things you can do for your child right now. All parents, uh, bring that awareness to the emotional body. What are you feeling? Where do you feel it? How do you want to express it? Let's let's move the energy. Let's yell together. Let's cry together, and also not being afraid to have conversations about sex. Opening that conversation about how powerful sex and sexuality can be and, and, and trying to re- create a space without shame, without uh, villainizing or judging. Uh, something that is so sacred, even in the womb, as you said, little children, tu- little children touching themselves, or fetuses touching themselves, so early on, something so natural that we find so threatening as a society. Um, it's always, it's mind blowing to me. That's a whole other conversation, which I'm going to have you back on. You know this, right? And we're going <laughs> to go true. all the way deep into the sexual part and relationships. So, uh, all the men and this is that's going to be the one for couples, but this one's for the fellas and the women who have fellas in their lives that they love. Um, I know. I don't even know what time it is in Bali. I don't know if it's your morning or night. It looks it's like it's bright in the background. It's morning. Yeah, yeah It's right. morning. Okay, so <laughs> w- 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 let's get you. Let's get you your breakfast ready. Get get you going for your day. Hey, how does everyone find you? Everyone who wants to work with you. Everyone who wants to listen to your stuff. What do you got out there? How do we find you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the first place to start. There's a book I wrote, the Embodied Man. Um, What's crazy about this book is 50% of the sales have actually been um, female bodies, like wanting to both understand men more as well as understand their own masculine. You can find that on Amazon, uh, The Embodied Man. Um, And uh, the Kindle version actually is coming. I mean, the Kindle version is out. The uh, Audible version is coming out shortly. Um, If you go to my website, um, AaronKleinerman.com, it has all of my events information everything there if that name is difficult as it probably is you can find me on ig at the soul navigator um and that has the list of all the things i'm doing in the world and, and i won't go into them all but i do a lot i, I travel i teach um, last year i was in 15 countries i love in-person events because i think the transformation i can witness in one week with a with a group of beings is is life-changing for me and that's what drives my soul and my purpose and my, my vision in this world
1: I love that, man. You are like the modern day Carmen Sandiego, except you ain't running away from the government or anything. You're just going around country to country and helping people, especially men, man. I love all the work. Um, I'll probably catch you in Bali sometime or somewhere in the world, because you know I'm going to be joining one of these men groups. And and knowing me, I'll be be blowing up in five minutes. I'll be crying, I'll be hitting pillows, and I'll be screaming. I'll be like, I'm here, the powerful man is here. I'll be on top of the mountain the next day. I can't wait. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time out of your morning, all the way from Bali. I really appreciate this conversation. Very empowering for me as a man, but I know it's going to really resonate with everyone out there. Thank you so much, my brother.
0: Uh, You're very welcome. Thank you, man. Thank you for doing the work
1: you're doing and showing up as you are. I I celebrate you and appreciate you. I want to talk a little bit about hair loss. A lot of men. A lot of men out there suffering from hair loss. A lot of women out there now suffering from hair loss. You know that 35 million men and 21 million women suffer from some degree of hair loss in the United States. And according to NYU Langone, shout out to them, I did part of my internship in school there, on the average, the scalp has 100,000 hairs. And it cycles through periods of growing, resting, falling out, regenerating. Right, And there's three phases of hair growth. you got to understand this so you know where you're at and how the hair works. And ultimately, what's going on when we're losing our hair. Anagen, This is the growth phase. Half an inch a month you're going to be growing. It goes up to 30 inches and then it starts changing its cycle. You're going to get more hair growth in the summer than the winter. You guys probably know that by now. And then there's catagen. It's the one after antigen. This is the transition end of growth. Decreased blood supply to the follicle. About 3% of your hairs currently are here. Telogen, this is 10 to 15% of hairs right now are in this resting period. They're dormant. The follicles are not growing anymore. And then there's exogen. This is the hair that's falling out. So, what's causing hair loss the most? Now, let's think a little bit, right? When we think about hair loss, we have to think about what's happening internally. because it's happening at the follicle, for the most part, unless it's a chemical reaction, and yeah, it's happening at the follicle, but it's acute. Usually hair loss happens over time, slowly but surely. And there's different reasons, right? There's a mental disorder with mechanically pulling your hair out. There's even an autoimmune disease, alopecia, that attacks the hair follicles, and we see that. But honestly, the most common cause for hair loss is good old classic stress. Now. You may not want to hear just something so much of an umbrella term, but I'm going to go into the details here. Stress is the reason we lose our hair, because it creates a pro-inflammatory state, and that affects the follicle. Cortisol in particular is a hormone that affects the function of the follicle. So when you're stressed, the nervous system dysregulation is creating a pro-inflammatory state. Basically, the thermostat of your house is going up, 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 And this is why so many people say stress is the driver of disease. This pro-inflammatory state provides the exact climate for so many issues and diseases to happen in the body. What happens during this state is that there's very specific proteins that are created in response to the stress state. Right? And this inflammatory state, these inflammatory proteins, actually infiltrate and inflame the whole follicle. So what happens is basically our follicles are on fire and we begin to lose our hair due to stress. So for me, I always think, okay, so why? Why does this happen? I don't think anything in the body ever happens by mistake. So when I think about it, when we're in an inflammatory state and our hair is falling off, we're in an increased stress state, right? Pro-inflammatory state, what happens? We create more surface area for what? The sun, vitamin D to hit our hair, creating a more potent anti-inflammatory action to negate that. Very interesting, very interesting. I mean, look, that's my little theory. Don't write it in stone yet, but that's the way I think about it. So let's get back to this. So if you have hair loss, here are my recommendations to getting your hair back. As we know, the primary driver of hair loss is stress. So first and foremost, you've got to get your nervous system back in balance, right? You have to do the lifestyle things before you even start looking into things for your hair and supplements and all the other stuff. Because if your lifestyle, if the way you connect to yourself, if the way you see yourself, is the thing that is sponsoring your hair loss, then you're gonna be at a loss. So meditation, of course, we talk about that, how it helps regulate our nervous system, We know that meditation reduces those inflammatory cytokines, those proteins that are literally setting fire to your hair follicles. We know inflammation goes down with meditation. Start meditating if you're losing your hair, trust me. You gotta get down to the emotional root. So if you're becoming triggered stress, let me say this, what is stress? Stress is simply the reaction of the body to an emotion we're not allowing ourselves to feel. Imagine, Your partner comes home from work and you go, hey, honey, how are you? I miss you. And they're like, oh, I'm just really stressed from work. Well, why? Because my boss, this, this, and that. My boss really stressed me out, but what does that mean? It means your boss said or did something that elicited a trigger response in you, but you weren't allowed to show the emotion that you wanted to, so you're experiencing stress. So more importantly, as we understand hair loss driven by stress in the pro-inflammatory state, we have to understand what our emotions doing? And here comes emotional healing. Been talking about this, I weave it into every show because it's so important. As you do meditation, you have to go into your body and understand what you're feeling. If you're holding in anger and that's what's driving your stressful state, or sadness or grief and you're not allowing yourself to express or cry and that's driving your stressful state, or shame or guilt or fear, whatever emotions you're holding in, you have to start getting in touch with them because you're going to continuously be in a stressful state regardless. Ground yourself, getting back into a circadian balance, a circadian rhythm is gonna be essential, right? That's gonna help reduce stress levels, we know that. So cortisol, that hormone that I talked about that it sets fire to your follicles, well, we need it really high in the mornings. For many people, it's not high in the morning, it's not high in the middle of the night, they ain't got no stress response, and they're just completely depleted. Or for some people, it happens later in the day. You want your cortisol to be shooting up as soon as you wake up, right? Or in the first 20 minutes to an hour. So, I'm going to highly recommend, if you're losing your hair, do the meditation, get in your body, get into the emotional stuff, and get yourself back in a healthy sleep-wake cycle. If you're a night owl, get to bed earlier. You wanna wake up as close as you can to when the sun's coming up and go to sleep shortly after, a few hours after, the sun goes down. So what this means is waking up, going outside within the first hour, and helping the sun, the light signals, boost out your cortisol from your adrenals, as it's supposed to be. So you begin to set yourself up for a healthy sleep-wake cycle. As a bonus, put your feet on the ground. That's really gonna help inflammation. Movement and exercise, we know. Healthy diet, we know. All of these things are gonna be helpful for stress. I do like the idea of movement and exercise for increasing blood flow, especially to the hair follicle. So when we think about hair loss from stress and inflammation standpoint, we need to think about what agents help curb hair loss. Curcumin. This is a potent constituent in turmeric. It's one of the best anti-inflammatories around. And we know stress inflames the hair follicles. And this agent physiologically will reduce those pro-inflammatory compounds. The cox, the lox, the NF-kappa-beta, the TNF-alpha, all of the things that are causing the proverbial fire in your follicles. Curcumin is really helpful at putting that fire out. Now, if you buy curcumin, you wanna make sure it has at least 95% curcuminoids. It's standardized to there. People love ashwagandha. That's one of the most powerful adaptogens in the body. Adaptogens help the body adapt to stress. And what ashwagandha does, it helps work on the HPA axis. That's the hypothalamic pituitary axis in your brain where your hormones are being released from. So it's helping your body react to stress better, react to cortisol in particular. So the more that your body gets used to ashwagandha and you're adapting to the stress, the less an insightful event is going to boost up your cortisol so fast. Now, if you buy ashwagandha, here's a standardization you need to go by. It needs to be at least 10% with phenolide glycosides. For healthy hair, you always want an adequate amount of protein, of course. So much of the hair and the follicle is made of protein, so you want to make sure you're getting enough protein, enough amino acids, both essential and non-essential in your body. Collagen, super essential. Vitamin C is going to help really support and stimulate collagen, so you want to make sure you're doing that. Red light therapy is another thing that helps support and stimulate collagen. When it comes to losing your hair, vitamin D is not going to really help it grow back, but... An adequate level of vitamin D is going to help your hair be there. It's going to keep it there. So if you want to keep your hair, you got to have good vitamin D. A 2016 study collected information for 55,929 women in the United States, and they found a strong link between total vitamin D intake and hair loss and alopecia. Other important nutrients to be getting in adequately, check your iron if it's low. Check your zinc if it's low. B vitamins essential, particularly B7. Low levels of B7 or biotin can lead to hair loss, right? Biotin is not gonna grow your hair back, but you wanna make sure you have adequate B vitamins so your hair is not falling out in the first place. Vitamin E and mixed tocopherols, so a 2013 study found that people with alopecia had significantly lower concentrations of vitamin E in their blood than those without the condition. Another study in 2010 for vitamin E and mixed also found that tocotrienol supplements improved hair health for people with alopecia. These supplements also help prevent hair loss. So B vitamins are essential, particularly B7. B7, being biotin, is gonna be really important for folks who have hair loss. But I wanna talk a little bit about a really interesting intervention for hair loss, onion juice. Studies show that the sulfur actually helps promote collagen in the hair follicle and increase blood flow. A 2014 study in the Journal of Dermatology Basically the patients were divided into two groups. The first group was the onion juice treated group and that was 23 patients, 16 males, seven females. And the second group was a control one and that's where they used tap water. And that was 15 patients total, eight males and seven females. Now the two groups were advised to apply the treatment twice daily for two months. Regrowth on the terminal coarse hair started after two weeks of treatment with crude onion juice. And at four weeks, hair regrowth was seen in 17 patients. That's 73.9% of the intervention group. And at six weeks, the hair regrowth was observed in 20 patients, that's 86.9% of the group, and was significantly higher amongst males, 93.7%, compared to the females, 71.4%. And in the tap water treated control group, hair regrowth was apparent in only two weeks. That's a placebo effect right there. And eight weeks of treatment, there was no difference. So this was actually good, especially for patchy alopecia. What else, what's another exotic treatment for hair regrowth? Peppermint oil, actually there's been animal studies that are showing uh, that peppermint oil may be healthy. In the Journal of Toxicology Research, animals were divided into four groups based on different topical applications. Some had saline, some had jojoba oil, some had 3% minoxidil, Rogaine, and the other ones had three percent peppermint oil. So in these four groups, experimental groups, we saw different results. And actually, the peppermint oil group showed the most prominent hair growth effects with a significant increase in dermal thickness. Follicle number and follicle depth. Now, this was an animal study to keep that in mind. Take it with a grain of salt. We haven't seen that many, if any, human studies on peppermint oil, but something to keep your eye on. We have seen human studies on rosemary oil, and they actually compared it in a randomized controlled trial to monoxidil. And this was in the Skin Med magazine. And what they wanted to test for was the clinical efficacy of rosemary oil in the treatment of hair loss and compare its effects with monoxidil 2% Rogaine. So patients in the study were randomly assigned to rosemary oil, 50 people, or 2% minoxidil, Rogaine, 50 people, for a period of six months. Now, there was no significant change observed in the mean hair count at the three-month endpoint, nothing. Neither in the rosemary or the 2% minoxidil. But in contrast, both groups experienced a significant increase in hair count at six-month endpoint compared to baseline or the three-month. So very important. What we saw here is that rosemary oil, a lot cheaper too, rosemary oil was just as powerful as Rogaine Minoxidil at helping hair growth. It's unbelievable to hear because Rogaine is such a cash cow for this pharmaceutical company but rosemary oil simply is just as effective. So if you wanna use peppermint or rosemary oil, first talk to your doctor, but you can use this as an essential oil. You put it in a carrier oil, scrub it in your hair, let it stay for five or 10 minutes, and then rinse it out. You can also use it in your shampoo. And while we're on the topic of being in the shower, I would actually recommend uh, to get hair scrubbers, hair brushes, right? What I have is these blue little round plastic hair scrubbers with little spikes, and basically what you do is you scrub fairly hard to get the blood flow going into your hair, onto your scalp. I do it usually after I uh, shampoo, with the shampoo still in there. But I'll scrub my scalp, especially the areas that could be thinning or that male pattern hair loss happens. And I heard a really amazing quote uh, from a friend of mine who actually has his own hair loss company. Uh, and what he said is, look, You brush your teeth with a brush. Why do you shampoo your hair just with your fingers? You have to be able, You have to bring more blood flow to the scalp. And what you may notice is when you do this, even if it's dry and you're not in the shower, you're going to have a lot of dry skin falling out. That's showing that there's very poor blood flow to your hair, to your scalp. The more you do this, you're going to notice it's less and less dry scalp. If you have a dry scalp, you're predisposing yourself to hair loss. So a few other things, make sure you're getting multi-minerals in your life, whether in the form of shilajit or electrolyte powder. We love the element powder here at Heal Thyself. So one of the last ones, it's a little secret over here, cold water, right? Cold water is actually good for hair growth, right? People say no to cold, don't put your hair in the cold, keep it hot, it's gonna be, shock your system. No, actually cold water is really good for hair growth. Why? Because norepinephrine, The hormone that is released when you're exposed to cold actually activates the hair follicle metabolism and sympathetic neurons directly regulate follicular stem cell growth. So part of my routine is after I brush my hair with those scalp brushes, you know, and I clean out all the shampoo, I put the water really cold and anytime I start with cold water therapy in the shower. I put I start with my hair and I make sure all the hair follicles are getting the cold stimulus, put all over my body, and then I end my hair again too. Listen, if you're losing your hair, I feel you. Try out these recommendations. Really look at your stress levels. Start with the lifestyle stuff first, most importantly, and go into these awesome, amazing naturopathic interventions. Really hope that helped. Thank you for listening to the show, coming every single week joining rating reviewing subscribing remember we got the best merch in the game we got the sustainable the organic stuff it's beautiful beautiful designs it's amazing stuff check it out it's hts.today thank you for joining thank you for supporting and i will see you next week